Uh, let's go to Matthew 28. We are uh, we're going to read just a little of it and get us started, and then I'll read as we go along. Jesus is already buried. Now late on the Sabbath, that's Saturday. I'll make that point. Most of you knew it anyway. As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, that's Sunday. Mary, uh, Mary. <laughs> now the voice is going whackers. Mary, <clears throat> okay, Dustin, you want to come up here? And <laughs> Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who we believe was named also Salome, came to look at the grave. We're not told exactly why. Behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, apparently, just before they got there. For an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his garment was as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel turns his attention to the women, and he answered and said to them, Don't be afraid. I know that you're here looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. One of the most amazing statements, a turning point of history. He is not here. For he has risen, just as he said, just as he predicted, prophesied. Come. See the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has, ridden, he has risen from the dead. Wow. And behold, he's going before you. He had told them this before he ever died. He's going before you into Galilee, north of Judea. There you shall see him. Behold, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, who else? Jesus met them. He greeted them. And they came up and prostrated themselves before him and worshipped him. Jesus said to them, this is twice we've seen this, do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren and leave for Galilee. There they shall see me. We'll stop right there. This is the apex, except for the coming of the Lord, of human history. It's understated, actually. Luke mentions one of the female visitors as Joanna and others. In other words, as we piece together the narratives, we uh, learn that it wasn't just these two women. They might have come in two waves, but they came to the grave, and it says to look at the tomb. Uh, we're not really sure what they were thinking. Matthew doesn't tell us. 
We know they were bringing ointments, whether these two were bringing them or the second wave of women who were coming brought them. doesn't matter. The reason for anointing them was not only honorary, but uh, it, it was known to ret- retard decomposition of a body. They weren't prepared for what happened. In fact, they were more devout than practical. Some of you have been with uh, with me on a trip over there. Technical problems, and uh, you have, and some of you have been on other trips over to uh, Jerusalem. And you have seen the two uh, supposed tombs of Jesus. One of them is called Gordon's Tomb, which most of us of a Protestant persuasion rather than a Catholic, Greek, Orthodox, Syrian Orthodox and all that go to. They're not far apart. But what you have seen is this. There's a great big open door carved out of the rock. You can duck your head, walk through it. You don't really have to get down low. And you go inside, and there's a great tomb area. Then just before you get to the door, there's a uh, a trench. It's not very deep. It's carved out of the rock. And they would roll a big stone, a huge stone. As I recall, of course, at my age, you can't depend on anything. But as you recall, they, uh, it's about as tall as I am, a normal man. That's a question whether I'm a normal man. But anyway, they, they roll that big rock, which is about this thick. It's huge. It is heavy. A couple of women don't go up there and whoop. I don't think a couple of men could do that. It's big, big stuff. So they came that morning with the intention, at least, of anointing the body of Jesus, but somewhere they didn't ask or if they had an answer, Matthew doesn't tell us, of accessing that tomb and going in and anointing the body of Jesus. But their intentions were all wonderful. So maybe they figured... Well, I don't know what they figured. Maybe they figured the guards could roll it away, but the, the, but the tomb had been sealed to prevent any intrusion or any messing with that stone. So nobody could say, you know, Jesus was resurrected because they couldn't get in the tomb. Well, we don't have to belabor that point too much, but it is a little bit of a mystery. What the Ladies, what are you thinking? Anyway, they got there and things were not at all as expected. They probably started out before dark to that destination. And then uh, dawn happened approximately the time they got there. And wow, what did they encounter? The tomb was open. That's not supposed to be. How did that happen? And they're sitting on that big round, it was a circular rock, sitting on it. I don't know the sequence of just how all this happened. Was an angel. The angel was like a lightning strike. 
you can imagine. Like a man, not like some feathered animal, but not an ordinary man. And his clothes were radiant. They were white as snow. And right over there were all of these Roman guards. We assumed they were Roman guards for a specific reason. And they were laid out. They were immobile. They looked like they were dead. They weren't dead, but they looked dead. Eyes beaming straight up. They uh, were in shock at what they had seen. And somewhere right in the same time frame, there was maybe the first rock and roll event ever on earth. The earth shook. It was a severe earthquake. It wasn't from ordinary causes. The text says the angel caused it. It was God saying earth Hello. Wow. And the angel told the women who were frozen with fear, Ah, you're shaking. I assume they were shaking. Anybody else would have been. And the angel said, Ladies, I know what you're here for. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. Don't be afraid. Think about angels, what they appear for. They don't do it regularly. But generally, angels appear for a few reasons. When they do appear. Normally they don't. Angels are all around us. But they're invisible. There's a great battle going on in this universe. And you know, we're blaming her, him, and that sort of thing. Or maybe you just narrowly missed yesterday. Just narrowly. Narrowly. Mr. Reckon. We were up here in the mountain park area and there came a car. I saw the... Be unkind. Say, I saw the idiot coming. He was coming on this side of the highway. He was about to run out. You may know the spot up there. And there was a car right in front of me, and we were this close. And I thought, surely that guy behind me was going to uh, back off and get in line. Oh, no. Here he came, big white beamer. He came, couldn't get past me. So he just rolled the black car in front of me clear off the road and went, Psh. we narrowly averted it. Aussie screamed to high heaven. Well, I have no, all we saw was that. I have no, no doubt that there was angelic intervention there. That was one of the crazier things I've seen in the last three minutes. It's that kind of world we're living in. Anyway, Angels do stuff like that all the time, and you don't, you and I don't know it. Well, this angel actually appeared in the form of a human being. 
but there was the earthquake there was this lightning bolt and then there were these clothes wow white 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 and the angel says <clears throat> chill ladies I know what you're here for what's the connection between fear not and I know what you're here for you're seeking Jesus who was crucified come on in tombs wide open he is not here for his risen what's the connection between not fearing and I know what you're looking for well angels often come to comfort or to condemn to help or to hurt and other such things and we humans your pastor included we have this residual sense even though we're redeemed and we've all been forgiven of our sins past, present, even future we're justified in Christ we know who we are some of us better, some of us worse but there's this residual guilt that most of us have in us and when we are confronted with the supernatural which is not often but when we are we tend to quake and shake there's this awesome sense of unworthiness that comes over us and maybe a little bit of tinge of guiltiness and that's why the angel says calm down don't worry I'm here to help I'm here to comfort see I know what you're looking for you're looking for Jesus who was crucified your mission is a good one it's a godly one and you've come to honor him No need to fear. This is all good. Well, I think that brings to mind that when we're dealing with God any time that we're doing God's will and we're going about it God's way, there is no need to fear, ever. And if you encounter anything like that, which is unlikely, but if you do, it's for good and not for ill. So the angel says, just chill. This is good. And then showed the ladies the tomb. And then the angel says, verse 7, go quickly. Come back to that. And tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. You know, there's sometimes a tendency, especially in the spiritual world, always has been you remember the monasteries and the monks and all those folks there's a, a tendency sometimes to just want to pause and just want to ponder and just want to fold our hands and pray and folks there's a time for that I guess but this was a time not to stand like a pious statue 
Here was the greatest message the world had ever heard. Don't stand here like pious statues. Quickly, with alacrity, make haste. There are some people out there who need to hear that message, and foremost among them are those men, (laughs) my brothers, his disciples. They had not recovered from the shock. They had basically temporarily lost their faith. They had been disillusioned. Their messianic dreams and visions were gone, and they were... They were all like a covey of quail, still crying in their beer. What happened? Can't believe this. Their faith, their confidence needs to be resurrected. They need to be bolstered. Ladies, quickly, you've seen this now. Don't waste time. Don't waste minutes. Go, go. And that's the mission of the church still. Go. Go and tell the world that he is risen. He's not here. He's risen. And this was all of God's plan, a part of it, to bring the water of faith back into their well. Well, then the angel says something interesting. You know, you just find this stuff, it's all through the Bible, where you have these little vignettes, these little narratives. But they're symbolic. They're real. They're history. But they're kind of symbolic. And the angel says, now go. Move it. This is not a time to delay. This is not the time to sit here on the grass. <laughs> you don't say, wow. Go tell them. What we need is to get the message out right now. And those disciples, they need it. So you go. Behold, I have told you. I don't know when I read the Bible. I, I mean, I read that, and I say, well, of course. <laughs> well, I had that. The angel saying, I have told you. They knew that. <laughs> they just heard him. I have told you. They were to go knowing that they had divine authority behind it. Well, why would they? Well, first of all, don't take offense, ladies. There's something good here. They were women, women in a Jewish society. And these disciples were all disconsolate. And they were men. And here come a couple of women in telling them, guess what? You won't believe this. You know what just happened to us? And what were they going to do? Yeah. Yeah, don't bring that stuff in here. If it had been some other men, they might have been a little hesitant, but these were women. And for these women, though they were familiar women to these men, for them to come in, burst in the door, guess what? We've just seen an angel. The tomb is empty. Jesus is risen. It took a little courage for those women to do what he said. But the angel said, now get out of here. Go tell them. Don't worry about the reception you're getting. Remember this. I, an angel from the Lord, I have told you. You have all the authority you need. 
So gather up your spirit. You've heard this from God. And it just reminds me when I read that. But that's the world we live in. And we don't, none of us, get a lot of credibility from the world. But we've still got God's word on. God says, behold, I have told you. I, God, have told you. We have the gospel. He told us. And he's told us to go quickly and to tell the world, to tell the world that he is not here. He is risen. And that's what we're still doing. But lots of times we don't have the confidence we need. And we hum and we haw. He told these ladies, you go in there with a bold face and you tell those men, my brothers, you tell them what I told you. It's backed up by God's authority. Wow. Well, they departed quickly from the tomb and they departed how realistic this is. They were still stunned. They were still a little shaken by all of this. You can just imagine if it were you. And yet, all of a sudden, their faith had just hit the top of the thermometer. And with great joy, that tomb was empty. He was not there. The angel said, he's risen. I've told you. Go, tell him. They ran. That's what I call quick. They ran to report it to his disciples. And then something else happens to augment their faith, to quicken their pace, so to speak. Behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. You know, you want to meet Jesus? Be about his business doing things his way doing things that he told you to do oh you won't meet him just risen from the dead but you will meet him you'll get closer to him more familiar with him and in order to bolster their faith which had already been quickened he said to them do not be afraid same thing the angel said. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they shall see me. What he had told them before. So tell them to pack their bags and get moving, because we're going to have a summit there, me and my disciples. Well, that was big, and they did that. But now Matthew shifts the scene to a, a darker story. While they were on their way, behold, some of the guard, now recovered, gathered their senses, and they came into the city and reported to the chief priest all that had happened. Can you imagine? Embarrassed would be the last word. I mean... Do you know what happened to a Roman soldier when uh, things went bad and a prisoner, even though in this case a dead prisoner, a prisoner got away from him? I mean, you forfeited your own life. There may have been exceptions, but I haven't heard about it. That was just the rule. 
So if these guys were quaking before, they had to get back to the chief priest who had put them there. Pilate said, you make that tomb as secure as you can. You want it secure? So besides rolling that big rock, big rock, like a wheel, thick in front of it, they sealed the stone. And yet the body got away. And they had no way of accounting for it. And they probably figured they were going to go away, but they had to give some explanation. Personally, I'd probably just cut and run for uh, parts unknown. (laughs) But some of them had said, I don't know what happened to the others, but some of them came back, I guess the leaders of the pack, and they came back and reported to the chief priest and said, Man, we don't know how to explain this. But we were out there, we were guarding the place, and suddenly there was something like a lightning strike. And then the whole earth shook. The text says it was a severe earthquake. It was divinely caused. And the place just rocked and rolled. And there was this, this man. Actually, other accounts say there were two angels, but we can't get into that. This was the lead one. And man, he, I mean, the guy just gleamed. Never seen white that white. And he rolled back that stone as with a finger. And somewhere there the lights went out for us. Don't know what we can tell you. That's the way it went down. Well, the chief priest, now you would have thought they'd have been quaking, wouldn't you? Here's the invincibility of human unbelief. What did they do? Well, they thought politics. Oh, my gosh. Houston, we have a problem. This thing has a supernatural written all over it. And if these guys get out and start telling this story, these soldiers, what happened up there, there's already been too much supernaturalism surrounding this guy. Oh, boy, we're going to get a report going that's going to cause us all kinds of problems, going to get Jerusalem in a boil. And that's bad for us because the Romans are going to say, You guys evidently can't handle this. We're going to take a... Okay, okay, okay. Let's have a round table here. Sit down. I don't know how it just happened, but we'll imagine something like this. You guys, let's sit down in this room and let's talk. We got to get in front of this rather than this getting in front of us. So you tell them when you go out, And if you're getting any trouble with Pilate, we'll cover for you. 
And we've got some big bucks here for all of you. Bribe. And this will make it easier for you to tell a lie. You go out and tell the public when you're asked or whenever it comes up, anybody, that his disciples came in the middle of the night and they stole his body. That'll be our story, that'll be your story, and we'll become this thing. So they agreed. And then we read, verse 15, they took the money and they did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews. And Matthew says, it is to this day. And of course, we hear about it in the church fathers. In one of the fathers, one of the earliest, Justin Martyr. That's one of the things, one of the stories that was out there. When people don't want to believe something, there's nothing you can do to persuade them. When they have a deeply rooted prejudice against an idea, and they had a deeply rooted prejudice against the idea that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus had been raised from the dead, they had every reason to believe it is the thing. Every reason to believe it, given all they had seen, all the background. They even said at the cross, hey, 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 you, Jesus up there. Look, you did all these things. Now, now, if you're really the son of God, just come on down. Come on down, we'll believe in you. What about this? He didn't come down from the cross. He came up from the grave and walked out of that tomb. And he met these ladies here, and he's going to meet his disciples later. You and I can't do anything about that. The greatest preachers that God has ever put on this planet cannot persuade people against their diehard prejudices. They didn't then, they can't now, but thank God. That message still goes out and has gone out, and the whole face of the planet has been changed because of the word of that angel. He is not here. He is risen. It all started with those women taking that message to his disciples. You ever wonder why God gave that honor to women? You'd have thought it would have been Peter or John or somebody like that. Why did the Lord give that honor to women? Well, let me ask you. <laughs> who cut and ran when Jesus was being arrested? All those guys. Who denied him? Peter. Who stood right by him? Women. And particularly these women. They were with him in life, ministering to him all the way from Galilee. And then at his death... Who was there, not at the foot? Mary's mother was at the foot of the cross. And John 
was, but where were the rest of the guys? But those women from Galilee were just standing out on the fringes and watching all this suffering. As I say, there's something about the nature of women that they tend to be very loyal. And they can be very courageous. Men can too, but there's just something about the nature of a woman. And so the Lord, who's no respecter of persons, gave them the honor to be the first heralds of the resurrection. And Mary Magdalene, out of whom the Lord, the scriptures tell us, cast seven demons. She was at the forefront. God loved them for what they did. And you know what Jesus said one time to Simon the Pharisee? You haven't washed my feet. You haven't done anything when I came in here as a guest. He said, this lady who was washing his feet, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. And God honors that. Ladies, never forget that. Devotion, faith, allegiance. God's not worried about your position in the church, and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't worry and get caught up in all this feminism because you're not up here. Sometimes I wish you could be up here. <laughs> Find out what it's like. But if you love God and you serve Him and you're faithful to Him, let me tell you, God will honor you. And that's the way it was with those men. Well, folks, he is not here. Rigs down through history. He has risen. And he has. And if you don't know him, I suggest to you, you get to know him. Because it's either going to be justification or condemnation. There's no alternative. There's no in-between. But it can be everlasting justification because he's not here. He is risen and is with the Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for all that you have done for us. We thank you that our Lord is risen. And now he lives and reigns in heaven waiting to come again to receive all of his brethren to himself. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.